This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is In the Workplace on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here are Professor Peter Capelli and Dan O'Mara. Hey folks, welcome back. I'm Peter Capelli. I'm a professor of management here at the Wharton School. This is a show called In the Workplace, where we talk about things going on at work. Here we're going to begin by talking about marijuana and marijuana in the workplace. And with us to help us understand this and the experience of the great state of California with this is Michelle Lee Jacobs, who's a partner in the labor and employment practice at Ackerman in Los Angeles. Michelle, welcome. Uh, well, thank you very much. It's actually Michelle Lee Flores. Flores, okay. Yeah. We'll blame our producer for yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> Bad producer, yeah. Flores, okay. But but your producer's name is Michelle, so it's all okay. There you yeah. go. Okay, very good. Uh, so, M- Michelle, let me ask you about your own experience with marijuana. Um, not, Don't answer him. Not your personal experience, <laughs> your professional experience with marijuana, because what we want to find out, too, a little bit is uh what California has learned, uh, because you folks legalized medical marijuana how long ago? Quite a number of years ago. Yeah, 2006 recre- or so. Yeah, recreational was in January of this year. January mm-hmm. of this year, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, but de facto, fair to say that there was enough medical marijuana to go around, so lots of availability, I think, Absolutely. Uh, before that, right? Well, basically, Absolutely. some have said California legalized it in what, 2006 with the Affordable Care Act because the threshold for needing a prescription was so low, back pain, something oh, like that. Okay. Other states like Pennsylvania and New Jersey, you need like two or more cancer diagnoses or cancer diagnoses mm-hmm. from two or more doctors, mm-hmm. but x-rays, et cetera, mm-hmm. and just set the standard much high. Mm-hmm. Now, California may have de facto legalized it, but at least they've taken the final step and dispense right. with the need for for a dubious prescription. Is that is that right. a fair summary? I think that's a fair summary, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and we get to Pennsylvania. I'll tell you a little bit I know about this because uh, I got a family member mm-hmm. uh, who you, who has medical marijuana, so I'll tell you what I learned about that. Um, okay, so yeah. Michelle, what, has, what did California have to do differently after you passed medical marijuana? And as Dan pointed out, it became relatively easy to get. So if you're an employer or you're a lawyer, what changes? What changed for you folks? Uh, the change when it went from zero to medical or from medical to recreational? Well, let's start with zero to medical. Okay. Uh, that had to do, so, so as a lawyer and or as an employer, one of the issues uh, that arose and was dealt with had to do with uh, drug testing, generally speaking, that would be a post-offer pre-employment drug test. Yeah. And and the most common five-drug panel includes marijuana. Yeah. And so one of the things would be here in California, we would say, look, uh, if, if you did uh, rank positive for marijuana on a drug test, yeah. then there was this concept of could it be for medicinal use? Mm-hmm. And then the interactive process, engaging in this interactive process to determine if, in fact, it is for medicinal use, and if the employer deemed 
a uh, the accommodation of them continuing to use that for medicinal purposes reasonable under their own policies and procedures because okay. one of the things we always have to remember is as of right now and most likely for quite a while in the future it's still illegal under federal law so right. there's this yeah. there's there's these competing laws and competing um, interests that employers have needed to um, navigate. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's back up and peel some of that through. First, the, something I learned recently is that far more employers test candidates for drugs than test them for skills. I mean, remarkably more. Well, I imagine that's because it's easier. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's easier. Although, you know, you would think some testing of skills is pretty easy, you know, like uh, give you a problem there, see if you can solve it. Pretty cheap. But yeah. uh, it is. It, it was surprising. So, Michelle, let me back up on this one. So uh, employers have a right, of course, to test people for drugs, right? Absolutely. And clearly within a, a pre-employment uh, post-offer context, right. some states have different variations. But in general, we can say yes on that. And uh, in most states, California, understands a little different, um, employers have the right to not hire you or dismiss you if you fail a drug test, right? In general, yes. In general, yes. Um, so what happens now when something like marijuana is legal for people who have a prescription for it? Can an employer still say, I'm sorry, we're just not going to hire somebody uh, who uses marijuana even for medical reasons. Can they say that under things like the Americans with Disability Act? How do they do with that, Dan? Uh, yeah, that's good. a good question. <laughs> uh, maybe not on the ADA. How about state disability Ooh, laws? There but you go. Go ahead, Michelle. Yep. Right. And that and it depends on the state. So for example, in California, what they what has been allowed is to have the or recommended and suggested is to have the inter, the interactive process, the discussion of is there uh, are you using this for medicinal reasons? Okay. If there if you are using it for medicinal reasons, do you have the proper qualifications for it? But if in fact you still are uh, have the qualifications, you have the certification, you you are using it for medicinal reasons, but is there an alternative drug that you could use that is legal under the federal laws? Oh. That so mm -hmm. then then if if the answer is yes, then there's a determination of whether or not the employer is going to request that the the prospective employee uh, use the legal under the federal law alternative. No kidding. Okay. But, so then, for example, the answer could be there are legal alternatives under the federal law, but I've tried those and they do not work as well as this. Huh. medical marijuana. And so it's going to be a case-by-case -case determination, and it's based on the, the the companies, the employers still have the ability to make the determination of, are we uh, going to say that this is a reasonable accommodation, or is it unreasonable in light of our company policies Ooh. and our desire to have a drug-free workplace? So the employer gets to decide a lot of that. Boy, that's, I'm a little surprised by that. Uh, well, but let, let me back up, make sure I understand this. Mm -hmm. So the employer yeah. could say to you, um, okay, there's, uh, I understand you got a prescription for this, but I believe as an employer that there is another drug 
other than marijuana that you could use for this condition. And if you don't switch to that other drug, I, I'm going to fire you. I could do that. Well, again, we're, we're talking on the post-offer pre-employment. So it's okay. a, yeah. we're not going to, this discussion is a, a, are we going to hire or not? Okay. And it's not so much the employer saying, we think that uh, there is an alternative. It's engaging with the, the prospective employee with the assistance of their, um, uh, you know, um, medical providers to say, is there an alternative? So it's engaging with that person no. saying, is there an alternative out there? Um, and exploring whether or not there is something that can be done that can accommodate the need, but then perhaps not have it actually marijuana. No kidding. I find this really weird, i got to say. Let me ask this, Michelle. I understand the Connecticut Supreme Court last summer, I think it was, issued a case saying what what you're talking about, that basically if someone has a medical marijuana prescription, um, the employer basically has to go through the interactive process, presume there's a disability there, and see if they they can still put the person to work in the the capacity you're talking about. Some capacities, yes, some no. That's correct so far. Is that right? That's my understanding, yes. Okay. Yet Colorado under its state laws, came to a very different conclusion uh, for an employee working for maybe Dish TV or something like that. Mm-hmm. guy was a, a good performer, uh, had been in a serious car accident, was, was a wheelchair user, uh, had a medical marijuana prescription, uh, tested positive under some test, <laughs> and uh, they fired him. And the Jesus. Colorado courts uh, let it stand up. No kidding. Yes. Um, gee, isn't that weird? Did, did I summarize that case effectively? Michelle? Uh, in Colorado, um, what my understanding, uh, I don't know if, if it's that he could proceed with it or that, in fact, he actually was successful in showing uh, if there was discrimination or some type of unfair um, action on as far as the termination. Okay. But what I think this illustrates is the differences that you're highlighting, which is a state-by-state, because yeah, even exactly. in New York, in New York, New York is recognized under under its own um, under its own laws as it relates to the New York Compassionate Care Act. Um, it has recognized through that the opioid epidemic that we have, and so the the discussion that I suggested on the legal alternative is a little would be a little bit different in New York. Again, hmm. recognizing this is one of the things that. Um, employers should n- know, and even employees should think about uh, significantly, is what are the state laws? That's really about becoming informed and knowing what are the state laws, because that's what's hmm. going to guide your questions, guide perhaps what you're testing for. Um, you know, and having said that, with regard to New York Compassionate Care Act, it still has a caveat that says, for example, it does not require employers to do any act that would put the employer in violation of federal law or cause it to lose a federal contract or funding. Okay. So a lot of these hmm. are uncharted waters. For sure. The case law is coming yeah. out, and, hmm. and, you know, it's constantly changing. Yeah. So yeah. education and keeping up to date is really one of the, um, you know, get informed, stay hmm. informed is is a strong recommendation on my part for and, employers and employees. And hire a lawyer. Uh, folks, we're talking with Michelle Lee Flores, who's a partner for the Labor Employment Practice at Ackerman in Los Angeles about marijuana and the workplace, and the rest of the country is trying to learn something from 
those states, particularly California, which have introduced uh, this a long time ago and most recently recreational marijuana. Uh, you know, I guess on the one hand, uh, knowing what we know about employer, you know, given the rights in the U.S. to hire based on whatever they more or less what they want and to dismiss people more or less at will. I understand states vary considerably as to how you can do that. But I think a lot of people would find and listeners, if you want to call in on this, it would be excellent to get your sense, would find that if you got a prescription for something issued by a doctor and uh, employers uh, can say, sorry, we can't we're not going to hire you because you got this prescription used by, you know, even though it's a prescription, we don't like it, and so we're not going to hire you because of that. Or I guess they can fire you for this too, can't they? Let's talk yeah. about the other side of this, right? Michelle, they could fire you and say, okay, so somebody gets a prescription for marijuana use, medical use, and they can say, sorry, we don't want anybody using marijuana uh, working for us, and they could fire you for that too, right? Well... With regard to an existing employee yeah. and what they are doing, it depends on how well they can fire. They can fire them. It's whether or not they're going to be sued for it, and whether or not they're going to be successful in saying it was an illegal termination. Yeah. However, however, with an existing employee, how it it, it it there are issues of how do we find out about this? So, for example. In, uh, in, in, in general, most states uh, have allowed for a post-accident drug test. Yep. So you might okay. be finding it out that way. Yep. It might okay. be a, work, you know, a work-related injury happening, an accident at the workplace. Then you go get tested for drugs. Is that something that is, is that how then you determined it? Okay. Is it going to be a do you, have you, as an employer, told your employees that based on a reasonable suspicion of being impaired in the workplace, okay, that's we will test you? So that's okay. different, yeah. too. Yep. Then there are some... Some safety-sensitive uh, jobs, limited, very limited, but there are where there may be required random testing. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. a different way. So it depends on what have you said you're going to do? Can you actually do what you're saying you're going to do? Yeah. Did you have the reasonable suspicion or the, the accident or what have you to do that? And then is that how you became aware of it? So there's a lot of steps there. Okay. Now, um, an employer can just add ask you, right? Employer can say, look, as part of our wellness program, we want to know all the medications that people are taking. Uh, and can they, can an employer just ask you? And then if you don't tell them the truth, they can fire you for withholding or lying, right? I, I'm, that causes me yeah. very, a lot of concern. Okay. I, um, I certainly, I certainly wouldn't recommend it, particularly in California, because one of the issues with, um, you know, it's it's why you know, one you have a, a right to privacy. Yeah. Two, you mm -hmm. also have in California. We what we don't want to do is um, we are not we should not as employers here require people to disclose things that to, could disclose their uh, conditions. Okay. So, so for example, certain medications are used for certain um, disabilities, right. and and what we, you know, it's one thing if someone volunteers it. Okay, so that's why I said like demanding that, you know, it causes me concern anytime uh, someone says, you know, tell me what you're taking. Again, if there is a reasonable suspicion that someone is impaired, it could be. 
we are not asking for your diagnosis, and perhaps we are not asking for the exact medication, but the real, where I would suggest the questions goes is, is it impairing you in the workplace? If we, as an employer, feel that you are impaired under right. certain certain we've observed we need to start engaging with you to say yep. how can we endeavor to uh, is this an accommodation we need to make is there something that we need to do but you know it, we're certainly able as employers to say people need to come to work not impaired and able yeah. to do their job. Yeah, and to supplement that, another way to look at it, Peter, is that there's nothing in the law that says employers need to give up control of their workplace to an outside doctor and his or her prescription pad. You know, even prior to marijuana, you could have a machine operator who's uh, souped up on Xanax. And if the employer says you're not able to work as safely as we want you to, go home mm-hmm. or right. you're fired if mm-hmm. you show up in that condition. Right. Uh, they're they're well within their rights. And uh, and basically it's the same thing with marijuana with certain exceptions that if it relates to a disability, you have to go through this interactive process. Right. But, to, uh, to find out if it's really necessary, if it would cause undue harm to third parties, et cetera. Yeah. So the two of you are answering a different question. Though. You're giving yeah. advice on what good employers should do. And I'm asking about potential for abuse. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the abuse question. So suppose, for example, let's take marijuana out of this and say, let's talk about aspirin, right? So we're not talking about somebody who is impaired. Of course, if you're impaired, you got all kinds of reasons for firing somebody immediately. So somebody who's not impaired, but uh, you say, uh, I'm sorry, we're just not going to, suppose we're talking about aspirin instead of marijuana. And so you say as an employer, look, I understand you're taking aspirin. We don't believe in aspirin in this organization. And I'm sorry, but we're going to have to dismiss you. Can they do that? Yeah, unless it somehow relates to a disability. Right. So, But in this case, it sounds like what Michelle is telling us is even if it relates to a disability, uh, the employer has the right uh, to engage with you in a discussion and with your your yeah. lawyer, to uh, your doctor, to say, okay, uh, isn't there something else you could take besides um, yeah. marijuana to make this happen? Um, but, Michelle, I'm just curious about that. If the doctor gave you a prescription for medical marijuana, just as a practical issue here. Haven't they already made that determination that they think you should have it as opposed to something else? Well, it's one thing to have medication that accommodates and and addresses a medical condition, and it's another thing to say, does that medication impair you to the point of you not being able to perform your job. Right. But that's always the case, right? I mean, that's that has nothing to do with marijuana. Anybody who's impaired at any point, you could dismiss them. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. So I mean, let's, I mean, let's, let's see if we, we could separate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's see if we could separate out the impairment issue, because if you're impaired for whatever reason, they can fire you, right, just for that. Uh, and that's perfectly understandable. So what we're talking about just use of the uh, of the of marijuana, right? So not everybody who uses marijuana is impaired every day that they use it 24 hours a day, right? Just like not everybody who drinks alcohol is impaired in the workplace simply because they might drink alcohol after work. And, you know, of course, obviously, people would point mm-hmm. out we don't have the same standard for alcohol, but presumably you could, right? I think the testing is more precise for alcohol, where the testing is a better measure of impairment than it is with marijuana. Is that, does that sound right, Michelle? Absolutely. In yeah. fact, my my understanding is the only 
the only state that currently has on the books uh, any type of legal limit of marijuana impairment for operating a vehicle similar to your blood alcohol content is Colorado. Colorado has it, and it specifies that drivers with five nanograms of active THC in their whole blood can be prosecuted for driving under the influence. Oh, that's interesting. They they do. And there, Hmm. there are various DA's offices around the country that will only prosecute if it's if the the marijuana um, uh, reading is sufficiently high. But I've heard that as well, yeah. and I know that California has a task force because our voters passed uh, recreational marijuana. But what we don't have yet is on the books the same thing as Colorado. So there's a task force that's going on yeah. here uh, to get that. What are we going to determine? Uh, we are going to have in statute yeah. as yeah. the legal impairment right. equivalent to and the EAC. Michelle, do I understand correctly that pretty much everything we've discussed so far? Real about reasonable accommodations and interactive process. This relates to what I'll call non-safety sensitive positions. That if you're in or aspire to a safety sensitive position, be it commercial truck driver, a locomotive engineer, anyone working on an airplane, that uh, it's it's basically prescribed by federal regulations out of the Department of Transportation or otherwise. And no matter no amount of state law is going to affect that. State law could say you have to smoke marijuana, and if you're a flight attendant in California and you do it, you're still fired if you test positive. Is that is that a fair summary? I think that's a fair summary. Yeah. Okay. okay. So let's talk about uh, recreational use. I'm just curious if we uh, – can we think of other examples of something that is legal in a state to do where an employer um, would – routinely uh, make that a criteria for not hiring people or for dismissing them if they did it. Can we think of anything else other than marijuana that looks like that? White supremacist legal views. Okay. Yeah. It's legal. Yeah. You get you fired. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. Anything else? Anything about behavior? <clears throat> Excuse me, about uh, practices? I suppose um, some people in some fields, for example, you can't uh, take, engage in dangerous sports, right? Like if you're a professional athlete, they can't prohibit ride a you motorcycle. from riding motorcycle yeah. and things like that, right? But it seems to me pretty rare. I, I guess this How is about why about smokers? I, some employers ooh. don't want to hire smokers. Ooh. It's legal to smoke. Is it? Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, can, can, they can do that. Yeah. yeah. Most, uh, there's some states like New Jersey has a law that protects smokers. And a lot you of could, the tobacco states do. Yeah. And you could, otherwise, you could fire people for smoking. Yeah. Yeah. Driving okay. up your health care costs. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Have you ever heard of anybody doing that? Yeah. I think the hospital here did it. Really? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. They refused to hire people who were smoking. Yeah. I remember we had this incident uh, here a while ago where we fired, uh, university fired uh, people who refused to get flu shots. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that one is, uh, I guess, even more straightforward. Uh, Michelle, let me, Michelle yeah. well, let me ask. Michelle, I don't see – I represent employers. I don't see a lot of employers looking to go out and cause problems like this, find people who smoked marijuana 13 days ago on a Saturday night and then fire them. I think they, they want to keep their workers' comp costs low, do whatever they told their comp carrier they do to do the testing. They want to avoid liability to third parties by having impaired employees, and they want a productive workforce. But I haven't noticed employers really going around to exercise all these rights that Peter's talking about of firing people because they would happen to have some marijuana in their system. Uh, however, we know that 
I think a figure 70% of U.S. employers test people for marijuana and refuse to hire them. And we also know that there, there are big complaints about not being able to get enough applicants who pass marijuana tests yeah. to hire them. And yet well, it's, it's legal. I'll, I'll, and, I'll defend know, that to some extent. Uh, I've heard it defended in this sense. If you got somebody who's looking to change jobs and they can't even clean up weed out of their system for that 30 days before the test, and the employers say, we're going to warn you, we're going to make a conditional offer, you'll have to pee in a bottle, it'll be the X days. If you can't clean yourself up for that process, you may have a serious impairment that makes you such that the employer doesn't want to employ you. I uh, could be. Uh, of course, um uh, you could say that about lots of things, right? Mm -hmm. You could say uh, we're going to test for alcohol use. And yeah. uh, just as a criteria here, we're expecting part of the test to get hired is you have to change your behavior at least for a month before. And if you can't do that, we're not going to hire you. So, you know, well, you could do it for marijuana, but you could yeah. do it for anything, right? So here's one in uh, – I know a company not in the U.S. that um, uh, maintains a weight policy, which the airlines used to do for flight attendants, yeah. right? And they fire you if your weight, your body mass index, is above a certain level. They, you know, fire you for that. Right? What does the company do? Is it a? Uh, it's not in the U.S. Okay, and I'm not going to name them. Okay, but uh, uh, I don't think I think there are other places that do that as well, which I find a little creepy. Michelle, just remind us here: how many states allow medical marijuana use now? Medical? I think it's over thirty. 30. No kidding. So it's the yeah. majority now. And and how many allow it for recreational use? Nine. Nine. Wow, it's more than I thought. Huh. Okay. So let's get back to the story, but let me see if I could frame this up and maybe we'll get some callers to, to help us with this. Uh, what I think is interesting about this anyway is that the law concerning marijuana use has changed considerably and in most of the country, and yet employer practices have not necessarily changed with respect to this, uh, and maybe it seems to me that uh, the law allowing what employers to do haven't changed much either, and I find all this kind of interesting. So here's our number. We'd like to hear from you, see what you think about this. Here's our number, one eight four four wharton That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Michelle, we were talking before about how you could find out whether your employees are using marijuana, uh, and... Can you just ask them? And what are the legal issues around asking employees if they're using marijuana, particularly now in those states where it's legal for medical reasons, I guess, in particular? What, are there legal issues around asking them? Absolutely. I mean, there's risks in asking it. There's right to privacy issues, particularly if it is medicinal as opposed to recreational. And I did want to just correct myself. It's eight states and the District of Columbia that have okay. the recreational use. Okay. So it is nine locations. Okay. <laughs> um, um, but in any event, to answer your question, yes. I mean, there are certainly risks involved if you are going to be asking without some reason and, and a, a, without some reason as to why are you asking this? And, okay. and I think it goes back to what Dan said, which I agree with him, what he said before the break, which is um, it doesn't seem like employers are going around and trying to find out and trying to make changes 
because now we're going to be asking them, are you using this for recreational purposes? It's the same thing as, as you know, that has not been my experience either. In fact, yeah. really what that. my experience has been is employers are, are saying, look, we, we just want to do our business and we yeah. want to do it and we want our workers to be happy, hopefully, and productive. And but not too happy. <laughs> Maybe right. not too happy. Exactly. But but really, truly just saying, you know, the biggest concern is, is grappling with this either lack of knowledge or misconception or impression that now it's a free-for-all. Yeah. Just like we can right. all understand and we, we all know that alcohol is legal to purchase, but and we also understand that we generally don't show up to work drunk, and if we do, we're probably going to be let go, yeah. or at least counseled um, and, 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 and possibly terminated. And so it kind of goes back to that basic fundamental, look, if you can come to work and you do your job and you do it good, there's what, what's the, what's the uh, issue with yeah. or desire we don't have a desire to make issues where there are no issues no but here's um, the here's the yeah. point michelle which i think both you and dan are missing the laws have changed about how you can use it so it's now legal to use in nine parts of the country even mm-hmm. recreationally in 30 it's legal medically and yet how employers are responding to this doesn't seem to have changed that's the thing that seems quirky to me um, it isn't that employers are hunting people down now for medical marijuana use any more than they were before, but the difference is it's legal, and yet the practice doesn't seem to have changed, right? We're still testing people for medical for marijuana use, even in those states where it's legal to do, and that just seems to me a very strange thing, right? Well, well, well but were the well, employers, prior to it becoming legal, were the employers testing because it was illegal or because it would reasonably lead one to believe there there may be a less uh, an impaired employee or or a less productive employee well as as we know and you've talked about before if you're interested in impairment you just look for impairment right you don't have to test people for drug use you could be impaired and for whatever reason and we can discipline you for that right I, I, uh, Michelle, it, it seems easy for us to say here but if you ask workers comp managers that they, they don't agree with that. As far as the well, I'm, but, I'm just saying I, I don't think the employers about, were ever no. testing employees uh, to find out if they're doing something illegal because it's not like they demand to see their tax returns. It's not like they they make them take a lie detector test yeah. about ever whether they ever went 56 or not. But here's the other difference, Dan. As you just said a minute ago, for alcohol, we can test whether alcohol. Levels in your blood indicate impairment. The marijuana tests don't test that. Right. It's just much more imprecise. They don't test at all whether you're impaired. They just test whether you have used it and in a quite long period of time, right? So it could have been weeks before. 30 days, yeah. 30 days. So you could be 30 days before, no possibility of you being impaired for it. And yet you test positive, we fire you for yeah, that. But the alcohol, that test, the alcohol tests don't really test impairment. They test your blood alcohol level, which we think correlates with impairment, but it doesn't test impairment. It doesn't, te- doesn't just correlate, right? I mean, people have looked at actual impairment, behavior, decision-making, speed of decision-making with blood alcohol levels, and they found that these levels mean something. So it's not simply that they correlate broadly defined, they know pretty well, right? And there's nothing Mm. like that with marijuana. There's nothing close to that with marijuana, right? There's no agreement, uh, and the tests don't even test the extent of it, right? So it's a really different thing. 
Well, I will say, though, Peter, I think to your point about not changing, employers perhaps not changing their practices, we have to remember marijuana is still illegal under federal law. Yeah. Okay. And that is where the rub comes in. That yeah. is where there are there's a clash of laws here. And so to the extent that employers or whether whether it's quote legal under the state laws, we all recognize it's still illegal under federal laws. So okay. my thought is until it until or if if or until it becomes legal, whatever that means under the federal law, because those can be different. You know, even the states change different. Some say only use oils, you know, can't smoke it and what have you. But but the point being that until if the federal law says it's legal, then I think change will be more substantial than what you're seeing yeah. now. Well, I, God, I hope so, because there's like no change now, right? So it wouldn't be hard to beat that. Let's ask listeners what you think about this. And let me shift a little, if you don't mind, Michelle, and ask people uh, whether they think employers are going to give up on testing for marijuana use for pre-employment. Okay, so let's see what you think. If you're an employer out there, we'd like to know, what are you thinking? Are you thinking now that this is something that you're rethinking if you test for it, and most employers test for it right now, uh, do you think you should uh, rethink this? Here's our number, one eight four four warden That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. If it's Thursday when you're listening to us, we are live, so you can get right through and tell us, tell us what you think. And let me, uh, we're just asking for predictions now, not whether this is right or wrong. Uh, in any kind of legal or ethical sense, but I'm betting that employers are going to start backing off of this. And the reason is because it is so difficult to get the applicants that they want who also pass marijuana tests. Tight labor market. That uh, it's just becoming expensive for them to do it, and I think they're figuring that the returns in terms of reduced probability of poor employees are not worth it. So I think they're going to start backing off of this. And there's some evidence already that at least some employers are starting to do this. So that's my bet. Michelle, what do you think? I usually don't convey my my personal thoughts. Um, (laughs) Or predictions as to the marketplace. These are just predictions. These are just predictions. uh, Not what should happen, but what will happen. Let me ask Dan. Yeah, I'll I'll throw out. I agree with you. It makes sense that they would uh, stop doing it. First off, for your typical call center for customer service reps, yeah. I don't know how many employers are right now disqualifying people you know, or requiring a drug test. It, it, and if they aren't now, then mm-hmm. that's not going to change. Uh, likewise, I've seen some safety-sensitive but not regulated positions. Like I was working with some frackers in, <clears throat> in the middle of the state. Yeah. It's a drilling operation. They were having trouble hiring people with the skills who would pass a drug test. Even when they want to bring someone in from outside the business, half the times the, the, the people would say, not if I have to take a drug test. Yep. Uh, it was causing them to not, not be as productive as they wanted to be, but they would not give up on the drug tests, including marijuana, hmm. because they thought it made it an unsafe operation, not just yep. for the person who's stoned, but for the people who, who work side by side with okay. them. So, so just in terms to be, of predicting yeah, what employers yeah. will do, there are certain uh, uh, tranches where they're not going to change right. their ways in the near future. Uh, and just to be clear, though, let's just think through that causal line because, remember, marijuana testing isn't testing impairment. It's testing yeah. whether you've u- used it. And yeah. unlike other tests, it's a long period out. So the bet you're making 
as an employer, if that's what you're thinking is, the presence of marijuana in your blood increases the probability that you might be impaired from on the job from marijuana. Yeah. But whether you are more likely to be impaired as opposed to anybody else, that's not so obvious. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you might uh, if you were interested in that, you might ask people, for example, whether they use alcohol. I'm, I'm just wondering why employers don't ask that question in pre-employment. You could. Right. Because lots more yeah. people are impaired in the U.S. from alcohol than marijuana. Why don't we ask people whether they use mar- use alcohol? And yet they don't. So let me ask you a question. Either of you a question. And this is like Jeopardy. Either of you may answer. And by the way, we're talking. Uh, about this topic with Michelle Lee Flores, who's a partner in the labor employment practice at Ackerman Law Firm in Los Angeles about this. And, of course, Dan O'Mara here, also a labor employment attorney. So I'm surrounded by labor employment attorneys. What advice would you give an employer who is starting out, doesn't have any employment tests yet? Would you suggest to them that they institute the traditional drug testing panel, including marijuana, or not? Uh, it, this is Michelle. I think it depends yeah. on what their industry is. I would want to yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I okay. Would suppose it's suppose it's healthcare, or, or suppose, let's pick one retail. What do you think? If I'm starting a retail store, yeah, I would not have drug testing for employees, and I would say that for most positions. Okay. I, I would pot, most industries, most positions. Uh, I would I would keep a keen eye on on uh, impairment in the workplace. But I would not do routine pre-employment drug screening. Would it matter for you what, whether it's uh, this is in a state where it's medically legal, or would that matter at all? Across the board. Across I don't care board. if it's medically legal or not. I care okay. about efficient operations. Michelle, what do you think? Does it matter? What would you think? What would you recommend? Well, well, I do think I, to the extent that that um, folks adopt Dan's thoughts, I would say that education is the key on the. Um, with regard to observed impairment. I think that that's going to be the key. Okay. If you're not going to do certain testing, then, well, either or. Even if you are doing testing, um, education and, and making sure that those that are charged with observing for impairment have been adequately trained to observe for okay. impairment. Yep. Uh, that yeah. certainly sounds like Agreed. sensible advice all the time, right? Uh, yes. Whether you're in a state with medical marijuana use or not, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some, some callers here, <laughs> sure, and yeah. let's see if we can grab them. Jeff's calling from New York, uh, and Jeff looks like you understand this perspective from the employer. So tell us what you're thinking. Okay. My issue is uh, we install very technical equipment, uh, very high voltage in some cases, and my employees can do damage to hundreds of thousands of dollars of worth of equipment or they can kill themselves. Mm-hmm. So I have a con- my issue is, is I will c- continue to test my employees okay. because I, I feel it's in- I have to protect them as well as me. Okay. Do you test, Jeff, for alcohol use? Uh, no, we don't. Uh, but that, I haven't been able to get away with that. But what we have had is uh, good luck. But with the marijuana, for me, okay. I've never smoked it, never tried. So yep. I don't know even how it applies. Okay. Uh, let me just ask our folks here. Is there any problem testing for alcohol uh, you, there's no problem doing that, right? You could, I would think right? not. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, And, Jeff, I think everybody here agrees with this, that if you've got uh, really dangerous work, there's all kinds of things that you want to be looking at. 
uh, that might affect somebody's impairments. That sounds perfectly reasonable. I think so, we're all on page so Jeff, this one. Your experience is just from having supervised people. You think there is a correlation between someone who who fails a pre-employment drug test and being dangerous on the job, at least well, enough of a correlation to act on it. How, w- how on would you know? If you never hire them, if they fail the test, how would you know? I don't know. Let's well, get no, Jeff's answer. We screen, so they fail. Yeah. But we also screen randomly to make sure that everybody's compliant to our rules. Okay. Okay. Did you know? Do you notice? Um, well, let me ask you: How often you've had to let people go because they current employees fail the random test? Does it happen frequently, or no? Okay. No, very infrequently. Hmm. Okay. Because they're also very technical people. Okay. Yep. So they probably know not to do that, right? Okay. Sounds interesting. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Linda's calling for Colorado, and sounds like you got a different perspective, more as an employee. What are you seeing here, Linda? Uh, yes, I've smoked for over 15 years. Okay. I smoke because of anxiety. Okay. Um, and my boss knows that I smoke, but it's just one of those don't ask, don't tell kind of things. We don't talk about it. Okay. But I've done it for so long, it does not in- impact my ability to work. As a professional adult, I don't smoke on the job. Okay. It's just like if I would have a glass of wine after work have a, you know, a little smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so as long as I'm not doing it while I'm working and I'm still responsible, I've been a technical professional for over a decade smoking marijuana. It doesn't impact my work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know, you know, I don't understand why they, why it matters that if I've smoked it in the last 30 days yeah. or right. even this week, if it's not while I'm working, um, Right. So let me ask you, Linda, in your current job, did you have to have a drug test when you began the job, when you were hired? No. Okay. Would it Do you think it would be, would you be upset if your employer started doing that? Um, not for you because you're already there, but for other folks, would you find that strange or weird or something? Um, well, only because his position is that he doesn't care as long yep. as we can okay. do our work. He doesn't yep. care. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So obviously, then wouldn't be it would be weird <laughs> if your boss doesn't care yeah. uh, to do that. Linda, thanks for that. That also seems uh, reasonably sensible. Yeah. Um, yep. But, but one of, one of the things I think we can all agree upon is that the current legal architecture, with uh, uh, being permitted under state laws, sometimes expressly, um, but at the same time under federal law, it's a class one or class A narcotic. Uh, but the feds say, oh, we aren't going to enforce it except in certain narrow circumstances. Yeah. Yet when the banks and anybody else looks at it, say it's still illegal. Yeah. Uh, it right. seems to me like Congress ought to fish or, or cut bait. Either say, yeah. say it's illegal yeah. or say it's illegal except we're permitted by the state, then it, then it's it's legal or just legalize it on a federal level and let states do what they want with it. Uh, Michelle, what do you think? I, I think that that the competing uh, legality under state laws and illegality under federal laws creates problems. I I think it would absolutely, um, certainly allow for an easier navigation of it. I I guess the one thing, and Peter, you may enjoy this thought, is that certainly within my experience, the arts industry, if you will, Mm -hmm. certainly 
tests less. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shocked at that. The creativity that is allowed. Shocked so, at that. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I do want to. I do want to throw that out there. Yeah. For well, you. for sure. There's certain jazz bands that test for it, but you have to pass. You have to, to pass. To okay. Job. Yeah. You have to have had it. I, I must say, I've got real sympathy for employers with respect to this, uh, particularly if you're a, a, a multi-state employer. I don't know what the heck you would do, right? So it's it's so different state by state. It's uh, particularly with respect to medical marijuana use. Absolutely. Got to be a pain. Of course, there, it keeps you guys in business. Yep. There was a large insurance brokerage uh, that was run by some liberals, and they didn't they didn't uh, test no employees for marijuana. They got their knuckles wrapped by the SEC on an audit hmm. because they said, you're the only one in the industry who doesn't do it. Yeah. You are the magnet for stoners. <laughs> <laughs> so All those stoned underwriters. They, they, <laughs> if I could imagine any occupation where they're registered not Registered representatives, yeah. Well, let me ask both of you. Does your law firm test people for uh, drug use when you hire them? No. Hmm. I don't believe so. They certainly didn't test me. Ah, okay. Mm. Yeah. No, and there mm. are there are vast industries that don't test. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not safety sensitive. It seems like yeah. anything safety safety sensitive, whether federally mandated or or like our caller from New York, do test. Yeah. Although remember, seventy percent of employers in the U.S. are testing, so it can't be big swaths or not. Well, it could right? be it, employers testing. What if, what if it's a huge company that only tests the commercial pilots that they or well, the, the private pilots? Do we so know? It doesn't yeah. mean testing for everyone there. It doesn't the, mean seventy well, percent yeah. of the U.S. employees are being tested. We don't know for sure about yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we need to check. We need more facts. So, last thought here for both of you uh, going forward. What's your predictions for the next five years, Dan? Do you think we're going to see States, um, more states adopting this, or have we hit the kind of red state, blue state limit on this? No, I think more states will adopt. More it. states will. Yeah, they mm-hmm. will. Like as an example, New Jersey has not yet, but the governor, when he ran, said he, he proposed legalization, yeah. and they're doing other yeah. smaller things. Yeah. So I think uh, this trend will continue. Maybe yeah. the pendulum swings back at a certain yeah. point. I don't know, but the trend will continue. On, I also on think- medical versus recreational. What do you think? Uh, what do I think about? I think I think recreational use will be more widely. You think uh, so? Yeah, hmm. yeah, definitely. So I'll give medicals you- sort of the, it's built out right now. Maybe a few more states, but recreational will be picking up more states. And I think more and more employers will stop testing for marijuana. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe not in a great number, and it'll be more labor market pressures than pious thoughts about it's now illegal and it's uh, not illegal in this state, so I, we can't I think do that, it. Yeah, I think that sound, sounds right to me as well. Uh, Michelle, what do you think? Sure, I think that recreational will increase substantially. I think the tax huh. revenues and yeah. the business yeah. opportunities Good are so hard to ignore. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, uh, that sounds right. I'll give you my last one. I think medical will expand further because there's such a groundswell of people in the kind of alternative communities who are yeah. finding this useful that yeah. I think it's going to push it uh, forward uh, even further. Yeah. Anyway, Michelle, pleasure to have you with us. Thanks very much for being with us here, Michelle Lee Flores at the law firm of Ackerman Company. We will be right back with you in just a minute. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. 